If you are just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show here on Pi Radio. My name's Gerns. I am joined here by Halima as well. Halima, you there? I am. Can you hear me? Can hear you. Good. Let me just turn you up a bit. Testing, testing. One, two, three. It's like, oh, okay. here you go. Here's a little cough on my testing. <laughs> well, I got ill. I got ill. It, mu- it must be over a month ago now. Oh my God, it might even be two months ago. And I've still got a cough. It's 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 so embarrassing. No, you I know what? so embarrassing. At this point in time, I'm unsure which is more a part of your personality, moaning about the weather or being ill. Or, like, or coughing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh my God, I was listening. I was telling Carlos the other day, I was listening back to one of our episodes. Mm. And it was a great episode. It's a very interesting discussion, if I say so myself. And I'm just sat there going, <laughs> like every every 30 seconds but just i find it so embarrassing though like i'll literally i'll be meeting up with people and i'm trying to have grown-up conversations and be a grown-up but i'm just sat there going <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's so child do you not think having a cough is such a childish thing you know i'm just thinking of you know that meme where it's like the cat that's coughing yeah, that's, cough. yeah. that's what i mean i find it so childish having a cough i hate it mm well it's not going it's not going so i still got a bit of a cough have you been taking your vitamins you know what i have actually Mm. i'm I'm slowly starting to get more and more consistent but um yeah and my friend yesterday actually she was telling me to take magnesium apparently it's really good for iron interesting yeah or like just lethargic people like with lethargy basically which is me so like half the time like you make up for it though like half the time you're lethargic and half the time you're like ah. <laughs> it's literally my two personalities my adhd and my anemia combined like that's my those are my two brands yeah couldn't have somewhere in the middle honestly i'm i I'm, my brand is nothing if not consistent <laughs> how are you carlos i'm all right like obviously nearly what into just working like obviously nearly into the final year final month of the year which i think is mad i know but i think in general i'm just i feel like i have maybe took a few minor l's recently over the past month but i was thinking i was walking up the four flights of stairs and i was thinking about inevitably Halim's gonna ask me how i am i'm gonna think about it i was like that sounds way deeper than actually is it's just more that like there's been a few things that have happened where like they haven't happened as i wanted them to go but i think i'm kind of like trying to look at it as more of like a what doesn't kill you makes you stronger sort of thing, <laughs> like better things come in the way and i think that's the way to kind of do it is like to almost like it's almost along the lines of like um pain is pleasure sort of thing like not not to that extent but you know what i mean when you when you're feeling like degraded and stuff just being like taking that and turning it into motivation who's degraded you no, because me i'll be having a word so i mean it's actually such like minor stuff but even like um not even that like one that i probably can talk about is just like um right mianka no 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 <laughs> right obviously i'm very happy that we got nominated but i would include like the fact that we didn't didn't win i would include that as like an l because ultimately it is a loss um and whilst i'm like happy to have gone there and stuff that is something that i would have um considered it's still an it's still an l like rather than a dub but yeah. at the same time like 
as I'm kind of taking that and turning it into like putting more into mango masala that sort of thing yeah. like, it's like similar stuff to that like where it's not it's not like a major thing but it's like stuff that hasn't happened the ideal way and like turning yeah, it into yeah, yeah. and I but think do you know what though sorry go on no you go on like low-key I feel like I feel like it's better for us to have not won in our first year of being nominated mm. because then we would have just I think maybe like plateaued or like yeah highly maybe like continue to plateau whereas i feel like getting close and not winning Mm -hmm. also because i we were genuinely in the most in the toughest category like we were up against that bbc asian network and all of that but um i think slightly like being close but not quite getting there but also being in that room and hearing people talk and rubbing shoulders with, with certain like industry figures mm-hmm. was a much more formative and worthwhile experience for us than simply going and just winning outright. No, 100%. because you know, the conversations that we've had between us, you know, since since then, we would not have been having those same conversations if we went and just won, you know. And I feel yeah. like those conversations will be more productive for us than actually having an award yeah it's a long game it, like, yeah. guys we're gonna be here we're here to stay like we're playing the long yeah. game you know yeah i mean like i said obviously that's only one example but it is along yeah, those lines of like, like that. it's just bummer, yeah. it's just bummer on, on when it happens isn't it yeah exactly and that's the thing with these other like i think it's just there's been a series of like setbacks that i've gone through in, in like november time and i'm just sort of like you know yeah, what i hear like, that yeah yeah, <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> L, bro, I hear that. Speaking but of, you know speaking what? Of, speaking of L's, how was Latvia? Oh, yeah. a great fantastic! That's a, that is an award-winning segue. <laughs> Asian Media Awards. If you are listening, that was an award-winning segue. You are. Latvia was. It was good. <laughs> um, it was nice. Oh my god. You know what? I know we said we're going to do an episode on travel stories, and we will. But I'm just going to give you guys a brief, a peek preview. My friend, so I went with my friend, and she is white British girl. And obviously, what usually tends to happen is all the random searches and the bag checks and all of that usually tend to happen like with me or like if I'm traveling like with family or like my non-white travel companions or whatever. Um, but this time round, we got to the Latvian border. I got through like straight <laughs> away, and she got detained for an hour. Yeah, I saw your tweet about this. The Latvians are scary, <laughs> you guys. Like, usually, like I've done most of Europe, and it's it's more time it's calm, especially kind of like not Western Europe. They're they're pretty lax generally, right? Mm. Oh my god, you lot, they are on crud. They are actually on crud. Basically, because she, over summer, she went to, uh, this is what we figured out, because she went to um, France, but like they took the ferry and obviously they get off at Calais. So she had a stamp for getting into Calais. She didn't have a stamp for getting out of Calais. And they were literally like, Mm. if you can't prove through various booking documents that you left, we're not letting you in. And so the poor girl was lit- and it was at like 2 a.m and no one else was in the airport it was deserted it was only her like and i was obviously because i got let through so i'm now on the other side of like immigration the do- there's a big massive wall and door so i can't even see what's going on i'm just sat there like nervously it was you know what it was it was the reverse racism that was that was <laughs> okay it's, it's a joke guys it's a joke yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah. The reverse racism, but 
just looking at that situation, the reverse, that's what was rattling me. I was like, I was like, they're doing this to her to get to me. <laughs> I was like, finding some kind of way to make it about me. I was like, no way, no way that this could be happening to her. Mm. But yeah, like she got detained at the Latvian border for an hour and they were making her sign all kinds of documents and stuff. And then in the, in the end, she had to call like the people that she went with who are, who are like really, really drunk at a party to be like, can you send somehow, do you somehow have a booking document from a holiday that we went on six months ago? Can you send it to me? Mad. And luckily they did and, and they let her through, but oh my god so and then also while while now because obviously once you get through bag um once you get through immigration you're in baggage uh control i'm sat in baggage control by myself it's des- when i say deserted it's because de- i mean not that many people are going to latvia anyway <laughs> like it's 2 a.m so it's deserted and then all, all of a sudden like big massive sniffer dogs just keep coming in and out and just like group like walking around like just sniffing, sniffing I think the place. As well, and I'm sure, like you, as a brown woman sitting alone in a white country, thinking, you're oh probably goodness. then thinking like, "Oh, I look so suspicious I'm right now." I'm telling you, this is what I was saying. Like they got, they were getting to her to get to me. I was sat there thinking, "Oh, this whole thing is building up to something. They're gonna get me somehow, somewhere. They're gonna get me. They're gonna find something." But. Uh, and then my friend afterwards, she was literally like, she left and she was like, do you know what this is? This is your bad travel look. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're starting to affect people around you now rather than just yourself. It's really funny. Like when we have the actual, when we talk about the travel, when we talk about the travel episode, like you guys will hear all about it. But it's actually like a running theme that my friends and family talk about. I just have like really bad. I don't know if it's that I have really bad travel look, but it's because I travel so much that the chances of these bad events unlucky events occurring is more probable for me right mm. um but alhamdulillah still everything always works out in my favor that's why i'm, I'm calm and i just i never stress but there was a very good chance that my friend would have gotten deported from the latvian border that's your answer to mm. how was latvia other than that it was great great place i'll definitely recommend very cheap and cheerful and easy and just very calm Glad got my nails done in latvia cool Nice. Hang on, what? How do they do it in YouTube? Oh yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Some lovely Vietnamese people in Latvia, and he was like, "Oh, come on, marry a Vietnamese boy," and I was like, "Oh, well, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling us all about your um gallivanting that's my new favorite word it's not a new word i use it a lot but i have been overusing it recently like it, is, gallivanting. it, is, a, it is a great word gallivanting yeah. it's like it really conveys something but also with a lot of pizzazz yeah but no? moving on and i feel sorry for you because you're not gonna be able to hear this so i'll sing along um to give you the pleasure right um, but on to today's segment of Okay, you've really needed the the auto tune. You've really need needed the auto tune, Carlos. You know what? I'm gonna listen. No, you. Oh, you know what? Well, no, I'm gonna have to listen back to the Zoom to see how it sounded without. Never do that again. Well, with the audio, it sounded good, and and well, you know. Shush! You're not. You're not one to be lecturing a I I was bad. <laughs> undergraduate music. Um, what's it called? Graduate. You graduate were very music. Talented, yeah. Just not vocally. Moving on. 
Um, keep the bad vibes down there in London. That's why you're ill. You've got that London air. That's why you, you know need what? to come I'm back. Gonna deny it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah you're exactly. People going on the tube and coming out with their nostrils all black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like uh, people, it happens. Like <laughs> you know why? You know why I'm laughing? Because when I got ill, I didn't just get ill once. I got ill when I was in Manchester, and then I came back to London three weeks later. Got the London virus. I literally went into Central once. Mm-hmm. On one Saturday night, I went into Central, and obviously the Christmas rush had already begun because it was November, and I got ill again. Would never happen again in Manchester. It would have never happened again. I know, I'm coming back. I'm coming back soon. Very glad to hear. Anyway. I know, but there is also the problem now, though, of everyone else coming with me. Goodness gracious. Who's everyone else? The influ- I mean, the influx of, of people moving to Manchester. Oh, that, yeah. Listen, we need to do an episode on that because yeah. me, I've got a lot to say. <laughs> we me, always I've got a lot to say. Me, the mayor of Manchester, <laughs> I've got a lot to say. Uh, <laughs> I, in my head, I genuinely think I'm the mayor of Manchester. Andy Burnham, who? No, seriously, <laughs> seriously, like, do you sometimes see me on Twitter? Like, I'll literally be tweeting Andy Burnham, like, come, we've got to go sort this out. Like, <laughs> Well, even though you're literally a private account, so he's not going to see like, you. Yeah. Someone tweeted, so one time there was there was this uh, viral video about uh, a native mank talking about um, like flat prices and it was like 2k or something like that for a flat in Salford. Do you remember? Mm. I literally added Bur- Andy Burnham and was like, come, we need to go stand at the money border. <laughs> Neither me, come. Every time there's another another news about the influx of southerners coming up to our sacred city, I'm I'm adding Andy Burning. I'm like Andy, we need to sort this out. Yeah, there and just to be clear, there are obviously people that are exempt from our opinion on this, such as just Simran and that's it. (laughs) And And if you want exemption, you come to me. You understand. You need to seek approval. Yeah. Honestly, genuinely, in my head, I think that that's my that's my the whole city is my dad's yard. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Moving back to Bad Vibes Island, though. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I mean, that was slightly Bad Vibes Island. Yeah. Bad Vibes London. Rising Red yeah, Rising. True. Southerners. Speaking Southerners. Bad Vibes Island, talking about a different <laughs> island, this time Australia. Um, have you been watching I'm a Celeb Halima or I not? I have not. Okay. <clears throat> um, I have not. I have been watching bits and bobs of it um watched last night actually and managed to see the wonderful um how ex- experienced the wonderful feeling of watching matt hancock reach the final four now you're already the final four yes yeah, the final tomorrow huh yeah it only lasts for like for? everyone forgets this it only lasts for like two weeks if you think about it celebrities are hardly gonna go out in the jungle and last there for like a month it's mad as well because you see like they all lose so much weight so it's probably like a health thing as well like they shouldn't really be doing it for that long i guess if it's actually real then yeah like it's really pretty intense yeah but like said he's made it through to the final four i didn't know that yep is so, he coming across? Because I've generally I've seen nothing. I've seen not even clips online. Like usually, if I don't watch something, I'll see something online. I've not even seen any. Is he coming across favorably or not? Well, this is the thing. So I think if I was someone who wasn't politically aware or politically bothered, but I'd obviously knew what had happened with right. him whilst he was health secretary, how he left, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I do think his plan 
his alleged plan is working. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about the other contestants? What's it like? Are they? Is anyone like grilled him on anything? Yeah. Like obviously there are people like. So again, this is probably say spoilers for anyone that's not watched it. But also, I'm kind of like with I'm a celeb. You kind of do need to because one person is leaving every evening. Like you do need to kind of keep on top of it. But yeah, whilst he was in there, um, Boy George was quite like critical of him. Um, but I think that was at the beginning, and I didn't really see much of the people at the beginning. I think when he first got there, everyone's a bit like, hmm. But naturally which i think i think i think might happen with anyone to be honest like i reckon if i was in there i obviously i'd like to think that i wouldn't um be um forget and i wouldn't like start being all chummy but i would also be like look like we're in here for like two weeks i'm not gonna not be oh no no me i'll be spitting in his beans and rice every day Oh, there's absolutely no chance of, of any chummy behaviour. But I'm I'm a bit unique in that way because I could really hate. I really have a lot of hate in my heart. So Lovely. I don't expect that from the average person, to be fair. Yeah, but the thing is, he has been, at the start, obviously all the public were like voting him to do trials and he was actually putting himself forward as well and he was he did yeah i know but he did he did well at them and he kept bringing back food and obviously when someone's doing that then you are kind of like yeah um but somehow he's managed to make it to the top four now well because he's a politician of course he is of course he's gonna make himself to the top four he knows how to win the popular vote that's very true but people at home who are voting because they want to see him continue to live in dire circumstances and do um funny tasks fair enough but don't do that don't vote again tonight if you are believing that because if you do that again once he's in the final three that's it like you know what i mean like again obviously you're entitled to your own opinion but if you're doing it purely for that reason then now is the time to stop voting yeah yeah okay fine he might eat two two crocodile testicles but also he'll be growing massively in like popularity yeah you know so seeing him eat some on some weird animal testicles is not worth Mm-hmm. the the kind of uh, public transformation yeah. i so, mean we'll see tonight as to whether he actually makes it um, i mean that's jarring anyway that you got that far. yeah i know and especially to see all the other um people with less dirt to their name that have gone before him but yeah yeah you can't be an mp anymore innit he can but he's not tory Oh, of course, he's yeah. just had the whip suspended which yeah, i think makes him yeah. independent now um i think i think that's I the way what, i wonder what i genuinely i'm really curious to know what his plan is like what what is he gonna do now once he gets out i would imagine that his plan it then again this is just as hypothesizing i would imagine that his plan is that he will end up becoming one of those celebrities that kind of just appears on other kind of like talk shows and game shows you know what i mean just like kind of wheeled um, out as sort of a thing like, yeah. yeah yeah a politically branded celebrity yeah. Yeah. yeah some probably gets invited onto like morning shows and stuff like to give a bit of a run yeah. yeah yeah Oh god, and obviously earning getting the bag, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's inevitable to be honest. Oh goodness gracious, this what have you lot done? (laughs) What have you lot done? All in the names of a few. 
giggled. Yeah. Oh, it is. This country cannot be trusted at all. No, it's not true. I mean, sorry, that, that is true. Yeah. Goodness. Moving on. Put a man in a box full of spiders and they're, they're one over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he literally was. That was literally the challenge last night. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, he had to go in five different boxes with different stuff in and do stuff. Yeah. <sighs> Moving on. Um, on to. Um, someone who is meant to be on the other end of the political spectrum but is questionable as to whether he actually is <laughs> um yeah. in our opinion mr Keir starmer who is currently the leader of the labor party who since coming into power has done a number of questionable things but in the past week especially um again a number of um things that have just made you think are you sure you're on the right side of the political <laughs> spectrum i've not been really following the news what's he doing? well thankfully again um if you don't already go follow sludge mag um they are very good at condensing um information relating to politics and news etc they did a, shout out, shout out yeah, definitely go follow them they did a bit of a breakdown of the stuff that he's done but um so i saw this but also there was one thing in particular that did make me like just be like oh for goodness sake um but we'll get on to that at the end um so he boycotted the sun during his leadership race since then he's written for them and attended events by them which i think is especially a bit of a kick in the teeth for um liverpoolian labor supporters obviously yeah. liverpool is as far as I know, it's always been red, and obviously yeah. we know how they feel about <laughs> they the sun. Call it the red wall. They literally call yeah. it the red wall around yeah. And obviously they know, we know how they feel about the sun, so for him to do that is a bit of a um, kick in the teeth for them. <laughs> he pledged to hold arms sales to Saudi Arabia, however recently spoke to bosses at BAE Systems who've sold over £15 billion in arms to them. <laughs> um, and also he this week picked up politician of the year award at the spectator which is a magazine which is um reputable for posting a number of articles which in my opinion could be deemed homophobic transphobic racist misogynistic and even pedophilic um again um if you go and look at sludge mag's post you will see why i've attributed those characteristics to them um but again this is my opinion but then the articles are also there so that's up for you to make your decision as to whether you think that's a correlation the thing that i heard on the news before actually seeing sludge mag's post um which again was also included in that was um he did a speech recently um on the topic of migration which has obviously been in the news a lot given the disaster happening um down south in the um immigration detention centers sadly um resulted in one migrant actually dying um in the past couple of weeks um so obviously thoughts go out to um any family that they might have um but he kirstan has basically come out and has said that um the common goal should be to help the british economy off its migrant dependency the days when low pay and cheap labor are part of the british way of growth must end now 
This is okay, Comrade Kistarmer. Okay, you say that we need to pay them better. Well, this is the thing. Like, when we're talking about cheap labor and stuff, why are we attributing the blame towards the actual Neither. migrants themselves? When someone's getting um, paid that little, it's not like because they're a migrant it's because the greedy people at the top realize that they can take advantage of that so surely that that's where the saying that okay this this economic model needs to stop he's not saying that it needs to stop because we need to pay the migrant workers better (laughs) he's saying that we need to stop migrants <laughs> from yeah. being part of the labour force, essentially. Yeah, and even like a couple of weeks ago, he literally um, name dropped the NHS as well and said, like, that's an example of it, which literally might. Sorry, might, less, yeah. even, less, even less. I'm sorry, less. <laughs> and migrants literally hold the NHS up on not, its No, feet. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you gonna are you are you gonna go um, here, Sama, into the NHS and save the NHS? Is it is it gonna be you? <laughs> Literally, you and who's army? Mm-hmm. I mean, like the NHS is already on its bomb. It's yeah. literally already on its bomb. Like it's the rate at which I saw a stat the other day, and it was something ridiculous. I think it was like one in eight nurses. I can't remember over what time period. It's a recent time period. One in eight nurses have left the NHS. And they're all striking at the moment as well, aren't they? Because the situation is absolutely dire. Mm. Now, if you take the migrant workers out of... I'm going to look for the stats because I remember I did see a stat and it was it was insane. Like, let me see, migrant workers mm-hmm. in the NHS. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it goes without saying that I think there is a problem in this country in regards to... Um, the number of doctors that it's producing but i don't think that that needs to be a reason to stop migrants coming in and doing a very good job do you know what i mean oh my god basically no this is mad you know why because so i've just read a statistic online there's a parliamentary statistic as well it's from the uk uh, is the commons from the house of commons library uh, 220,000 um, NHS staff out of 1.4 million, so that's 16.5%, report a non British nationality. But I'm deep in, I'm just like, that's a non British nationality, but that's not mm. an ethnic a- ethnic breakdown either. Because then, if you, I guess, you look at um, non Brit ethnicity, the figure would be much, yeah, much, much larger. Like right? second and third generations as well. Right, yeah. right. Which, yeah. are, again, uh, people that have come from migration, right? Yeah. Come with migration stories. That is insane. Like, yeah. It's, it's sad because obviously we're in a position now where Again, I don't want to jinx anything, but more and more people are saying that they expect Labour to win the 2024 general election. However, how, in my opinion, how good of a thing is that if these are the kind of principles that Labour will be taking into power if it achieves that? You know what I mean? It's so weird, isn't it? Like how they literally went from one extreme to the other. How you? How can you go from... Well, that, that, I think that's why I think that's why they'll be doing it because they oh they, they like when you need one boyfriend and then your next boyfriend is just butters like it's just such a downgrade. That's what it's like, you know. And that's why 
Not that, have, not that you would know. No, genuinely yeah, not that I would no. know. But, but that's why I've just, I divested. After Jeremy Corbyn, I thought, no, hmm. not doing it anymore. Not doing it, especially with Keir Starmer. Yeah. You don't want me to go on campaign and canvas and ultimately ballot my vote for Keir Starmer. Come on. I'm trying to say a lot here without saying too much. <laughs> what I want to say, I can't say on radio. Yeah. But honest to God, like, it's mad how they went from one extreme to the other. Like, how can you literally go from the best mainstream politician, the most genuine, the most worthwhile mainstream In your opinion. Oh. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> like, we have ever had. We have ever, you know, like, a couple people know that I'm notorious for my Jeremy Corbyn rants. Well, <laughs> here comes another one <laughs> how can we go from the best mainstream politician that we have ever had that we will ever have that we didn't even deserve the British body politic did not deserve Jeremy Corbyn and what is he still doing he's still out there serving the British people mm. we never deserved him and he's still getting slandered He's yeah, still having a living case. as he says. Nah, you lot will pay for what, what was done to my my Jeremy. You lot will pay. Um, but how do you just, go from Just to, to be clear, Halima is not saying that she will make you pay, she's saying that she thinks she will reap the um repercussions of your actions. Yeah, sure. What yeah. <laughs> what right. We're gonna play a bit of music now. Um <laughs> Halima, have you been on TikTok recently? On and off, why? Yeah. Have you seen the Brazilian the... dance? Nah, have you seen the latest um, Punjabi song that's been going viral? Oh my god, every <laughs> tune I'm literally like Brampton. <laughs> literally every two minutes. Yeah. Oh my god. But do you know why I love it? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Okay, sorry, before you go on, I need to talk about this. I actually need to talk about this. Did you ever used to watch... Were you ever a fan of Just Rain? I think I've seen some of their, their <laughs> no, clips, no, but no, I'm okay. not like a religious watcher, no. No, I'm going to stop you there because that's not the answer that you're not going to get there. <laughs> I need to talk to... Okay, whoever's not a Just Rain fan, close your ears. This is not for you. Just Rain <laughs> fans, this is for you. Me and my family, you know how much we loved him? We emailed him. And he emailed us back, by the way. But do you know what we emailed him? There was a number of his videos that we recreated as a family. A number, not just one, not just two, a number of his videos that we would watch. (laughs) Ha ha ha, so hilarious. And then we would go and recreate them. That was our family bonding. That's what we used to do as far. No, I might cry. No, I might cry because I've just spoken about Jeremy Corbyn and now I'm talking about <laughs> Just Green. And I would give my life, I would take a bullet for both of those men. I, I love him so much and I don't know where he is and I don't know what he's doing, but I just hope he's well and I hope he's healthy and I hope he's happy and I hope that I love him. So it's okay that he's not putting out any content as long as he's happy. I, You guys don't understand how, what he means to me and my family. But obviously, Bubba, like this, you know, he was he used to be part of, you know, Just Rain World and, yeah. you know, was an extra in all Just Rain skits and stuff like that. And now mm. he's put this song out and it's like semi a joke, but also it's really hitting. So mm. fantastic. And as of yesterday, number one on the UK Asian music chart, 
Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Good. You know, have you seen that? Have you seen that video? Good for you, girl. <laughs> have you seen it? I don't know. It's not coming it's to my head. The one where that woman is like, where did you get your car from? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'm a hooker. And she's like, good for you, girl. Yes. Well, good for All right. Let's play this um, Goody Red Challenger. There we go. Was that a better? Yeah, that was fantastic. Oh, thank you. Fantastic. You're welcome. Right, so getting straight into it, um, I know, Halima, you've been keen to talk about this, as has everyone else. It's um, probably something that has been more in conversation or at least the same amount than the football itself. Um, yeah. If you haven't realised already, what we're referring to is the controversy or controversy. don't know which one it is. I'm going to go with controversy. Basically, the drama that has been surrounding um, Qatar World Cup 2022. Mm. Um, now, if you haven't already, if you're not already aware, and I don't know how you would be because it's literally been everywhere, the main um, concerns around this World Cup are due to um, Qatar's um, repeated. Um, what's it called? Disappointments. Um, or more oh, than human rights violations. <laughs> yeah, violations. Human rights violations. <laughs> human rights abuses. Yeah. Yeah, their repeated inability to meet desired levels of human rights um, expectations in regards to. Well, both- I would. I would honestly not shy away from. It's. It's kind of. I'm. 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 Like I know for a fact. Like it's what you would call a human rights violation human rights abuse like literally by international law standards right mm-hmm. and i think in, in particular um what we're referring to is to their stance on lgbt um plus um individuals and their way of life and also um their treatment of migrant workers um the slave labor that was used to basically facilitate this entire world cup yeah build a stadium um yeah so starting with that latter point um i have got some stats bearing in mind that this is from an article released or findings released last year so stuff could have easily have increased by an undetermined amount since then um but last year the guardian put out an article in which it said um there have been findings that um, 6,750 South Asian migrants have died since Qatar was awarded the right to host the World Cup in 2010. That makes an average of 12 migrant workers from um, South Asia have died each week since then. Um, data from India, Bangladesh, Nepal and Sri Lanka revealed there were um, nearly 6,000 deaths of migrant workers between 2011 and 2020. Separately, data from Pakistan reported the further um, 824 deaths around this time. The total death toll is likely to be significantly higher as these figures don't include the deaths from a number of countries that also send large numbers of workers to Qatar, including the Philippines and Kenya. And it's worthwhile noting as well that um qatar's population i believe is around three million and i think the majority of that population is made up of migrants um yeah um so yeah any thoughts on that side of things oh many thoughts many thoughts several (laughs) thoughts 
Um, <clears throat> no, let's not make light of it because it's actually a very, very serious situation. Mm. It's not. It's a. It's an ongoing story. Very, very, very ongoing story. I. I think I've always <clears throat> had a hyper awareness of. Sorry. <clears throat> I think that I've cough, always that had... cough's really getting to you, isn't it, Halima? Yeah. <laughs> um, You've always had a hyper awareness. I think I've always had a hyper awareness and a very concerted vigilance of. Um, being a Bangladeshi and obviously like a lot of I, I I try to be politically switched on and a lot of the academic work that I do is on like Bangladeshi politics and history and, and all of that and a lot of that surrounds the fact that Bangladesh makes up one of the world's largest migrant labour forces right like you go anywhere in the country from you know Qatar to Italy like the the vast kind of um majority of Bangladeshis in those countries are part of a informal um, labor force we use the word informal when we talk about these migrant workers because they are not bound by kind of um, labor rights work rights any kind of workplace unions or anything like that it's kind of you just go informal labor and the employer gets to do whatever they want to do to you and you don't have much um legal scaffolding to kind of protect you in the workplace and um, that's what we mean when we talk about the informal labor force um and i've always been hyper aware because like before qatar it was kind of um dubai so dubai was the big place that you know a lot of these countries in the middle east they are built because it's because it was essentially desert land right so just to give you a little bit of background for those of you who don't know much about the, the, the kind of those countries in the middle the gulf countries um <clears throat> in the middle east they were essentially kind of like desert land and in the last like maybe two three decades it's been literal rapid like br neck breaking development um and the way that the, the the countries have facilitated that because their native population isn't that large like if you go to somewhere like the uae the percentage of em uh, emiratis is is like disproportionately low compared to you know migrant workers same as in qatar um so obviously they, they didn't have a native population large enough to to, to kind of uh, facilitate this rate of development and essentially what they ended up doing was inviting in um migrant workers from you know the global south poorer countries who were looking for opportunities and you know went to you know dubai and now in qatar and other places like kuwait and bahrain and all of these all of these places um and then obviously because like i said that it's informal workers um that these these bosses these capitalist bosses realize okay we don't need to give them much right we don't need to give them much pay they get there and there's like a, a record number of cases where it's it's been reported and proven that you know these these migrant workers are severely severely mistreated it's literally slave labor as in like backbreaking work from from morning till night they get their passports taken away from them so they can't even leave if they wanted to leave um absolutely rife racism there's 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 really a conversation to be had about the arab brand of racism here you know and i and i talk you know from a political point of view, but also through lived experiences, it's rife. Generally, it's very, very rife, especially towards like South Asians and Africans. It's terrible. Um, so, so these people are going and and they're helping to build up these countries, and it's it's been like that for a really, really long time. But I don't want anyone to make to 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 have to, to 
to ever confuse or mistaken the fact that most of these countries have been built off of the back of slave labor. Um, and we've got a statistic now that relates specifically to the World Cup, where it was, uh, was it last year, you said, the statistics yeah. from Soviet Union much greater now, but the statistics that we had was 6,500, 6,500 migrant workers that have died um, building mm. building the, the, the World Cup stadium. Mm. Um, and in that regard, it's horrendous. It's absolutely yeah. like there's nothing there's nothing that you and I can sit here and say that's gonna be enlightening to anybody, that's gonna be revolutionary. That's that's it's 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 a basic human principle that it's horrendous what the way that, that you know the labor force works in these countries. Mm-hmm. It is disgusting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. obviously it's like you say it's sort of a there's no way of debating that this is wrong people have um not been given adequate rights when they've been building this stadium these stadiums which are now hosting the world cup they've died in the process um and- in mind as well like the world cup is one of the most lucrative global events if not probably the most like the olympics and the world cup mm-hmm. honestly one of the most lucrative world events in history ever globally mm-hmm. right so qatar will be earning p god knows how much qatar is earning like yeah. will be benefiting how much the qatari um uh, economy will be benefiting from hosting the world cup and these people are being paid pennies pittance and, and in a lot of cases as i said they don't even get paid that much like um at all because they get their passports taken off and then they're forced to work because they can't mm-hmm. escape yeah the other side of things as well um the main point um which people have been making out why they're not happy that the world cup is taking place here has been to do with um, lgbtq plus rights um so basically um as of a law passed in 2004 same-sex sexual activity is prohibited in qatar um the maximum penalty of seven years imprisonment however as qatar operates an interpretation of sharia law um which criminalizes sexual activity between men it's possible that the death penalty can be imposed obviously for multiple reasons we're unsure as to how often this is happening um, and also people that might may have been threatened with it are scared to actually reach out that sort of thing um now obviously it goes without saying regardless of your um opinions your lifestyle religion whatever these people dying is wrong that yeah, you can't absolutely. deny that no, no, one, no one deserves to die for what their their sexual orientation is that they don't that they didn't even get to choose right sure. like just for being born the way that they are yeah no one deserves to die for that and this is a very <clears throat> like techie situation right and not just this book like i'm gonna kind of now extrapolate and kind of go into the the, the actual crux of everything in a minute but First and foremost, like in this situation, it's kind of really hard to know where to like navigate and and how to maneuver this because obviously, on the one hand, you want to condemn um, like homophobia, but then on the other hand, a lot of the condemnation from the West comes um, with Islamophobia as well, right? Exactly. Um, It's it's kind of like a double-edged sword here. But first and foremost, like my thoughts and my like my 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 uh, solidarity is first and foremost with the 
Qatari LGBTQ community, like the actual people that are living in Qatar who are LGBTQ, because they're really the people that are that because obviously it's terrible it's terrible i understand like for any any queer person like it's not nice to to have to think like okay i might not be able to go and enjoy this event simply because of my sexual orientation but ultimately at least i have a choice right Mm -hmm. whereas like i said for me what's more concerning is the actual people that live there and can't necessarily escape or it's not as easy as deciding to or not to go there on holiday right yeah. and from that, that pers- from, of- from that perspective it's actually i would go as far as to say maybe slightly selfish if there are people out there that are only raising their concerns about this because it affects them as opposed to if the World Cup was not taking place in Qatar, would, would, would they still be shedding light on this issue for the people that, like, say, they live in Qatar, that um, are maybe imprisoned or even had the, having the death penalty imposed on them purely because of their sexuality? Are right. these people raising their voice in regards to that? And if they're not, then it then becomes a question of, well, again, it again, like like you said, it's possibly thinly veiled islamophobia that is happening here that's, and that's that's kind of what's been my contentious with this entire dialogue like and not just this dialogue but as a muslim person speaking out against anything bad about kind of the, the muslim community and the way the muslim community does things because there are so many obviously like with any demographic of people like we make up a massive well, over a billion muslims in the world right like how much is it, is it two billion now i don't know it's it's, it's a big bear of us bear of us right um so naturally there's there's problems and issues in in the community and sometimes it's really hard to kind of speak out about these things because um you're aware of the western gaze on 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 those topics right like for example one big thing you know that's really rife within like the muslim male community is like um misogyny um and i often find it really hard to come forward and talk about misogyny honestly and earnestly as a muslim woman who has a right to talk about it who is in the community because outsiders you know non-muslims specifically westerners will then kind of use that as some twisted testimony of the fact that islam is barbaric and muslims are barbaric you know mm-hmm. so it's really it's kind of hard to have conversations that need to be had for example as i said about misogyny about workers rights about um lgbtq rights without having those conversations co-opted and exploited by non-muslims who are simply islamophobic um that's kind of what the difficulty has been for me and it's kind of it's also hard to kind of like zone out and and and, and hone in on instead what matters and that's why i i started off by saying my number one solidarity is with the qatari you know lgbtq community because they're the people who matter here they're the people who are actually um whose lives are are, at risk right um but it's it's kind of and and there's absolutely a valid conversation and 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 those concerns are absolutely valid but then it kind of makes it difficult and and i must have maybe gets my back up a little bit maybe gets me a little bit defensive when everyone all when now all of a sudden everyone is a is is a human human rights advocate yeah and it's kind of like it's really funny because i see it time and time and time again with the iran protests you know when it's a when it when it's islam in the bat in a in a bad light right when it's muslims doing barbaric things in 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 you know lgbtq rights in qatar or um uh, uh women's rights in iran um 
then it's it's all of a sudden every everyone is a human rights a- activist then all of a sudden everyone is advocating for human rights but then when it's when we're talking about mass islamophobia yeah. when we're talking about you know literally france banning the hijab not then all of then no one's no one's worried about eyelid, human yeah thing. i you think know? this um ties into um where we're at now then where obviously the world cup is happening like it's going on um but obviously you can be unhappy with the way things are but obviously and again there's been loads of conversation about um like whether it should be taking place like what's um like boycotting it um etc which i think should yeah, be up to never um, have I should never have gotten, and this is another thing, right? Yeah. This is actually what I wanted to say, right? Yeah. It's very easy to sit here and say Qatar should never have gotten the World Cup bid. And yeah, fair enough, they shouldn't have. But then who can get the World Cup bid? Exactly. Yeah. Remember, there was an episode we did one time where we spoke about moving to the UAE and, and, and we had this whole debate of, okay, but they notoriously have very, you know, bad human rights. And that's the kind of, a lot of people jump on this moral high horse and it's kind of like, okay yeah cool we live in literally the imperial heart you know we literally live in the heart of empire Mm -hmm. so what makes because because don't get it wrong like i I, you know i actually i saw a gay person talk about this a gay man he came forward and he had this like um twitter thread talking about this controversy and he was like absolutely like it's, it's terrible out there but also there's actual like material homophobic legislation in somewhere like california yeah. You know, literally, what was it last week or the week before? There was a shooting in a gay bar, like a mass shooting yeah. in a gay bar. Yeah, and in it's Colorado, mad, yeah. mad as well. On Transgender Day of Remembrance as well. So right sad. on the Trans Day of Remembrance, yeah. there was a mass shooting <clears throat> in a gay bar. Obviously, R.I.P. to like everyone who lost tragically lost their lives in that. And and what's mental? You know, one thing that shook me, that one thing that genuinely rattled me was that um, in the aftermath of it, they were interviewing the shooter's father. And the father, when I read the quote, I thought it was like not real. And then I saw the interview, the dad literally comes forward and he says, oh yeah, you know, when they told me it was in a gay bar, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, is he gay? Is he gay? And then I realized, oh, he's not gay. Oh, okay, all right then. Yeah. Like you're here in the sun has just gone and murdered like i don't know how, i don't know what the death toll was but innocent people have been literally murdered by your son and your first thought was oh my god no is he gay right mm-hmm. so like in the same in 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 literally the, the week after there's been a mass shooting in a gay bar in america people seem to have certain vim for somewhere like qatar you know so the point is is that these human rights abuses that you point to they exist everywhere literally they exist everywhere yeah exactly Who's, um, like yeah i don't know i think um probably gonna have to round this conversation off a bit earlier than i would have liked to as well because like there's a lot to unpack here but as a closing thing i think this is the problem with the opening speech that um what's his name giovanni gave the head of fifa i think he is at the start of the tournament where he very rightly said that the global west should be focusing um on its past atrocities and making Mm -hmm. reparations for them which is very true but my problem with his speech was that he was making out that it has to be an either or he was like focus on that rather than this i'm like well no why can't can't we do both like 
that's it that's it and i think that's that's the only stance really that should be taken is that it's absolutely valid these criticisms of qatar absolutely but check your islamophobia yeah. and hold your own movements to account in the exact yeah. same way if you're really about it and again shout out to um sludge mag and martin because before ahead of this conversation i um, went and listened to his recent appearance on beyond the pond podcast um which he appeared on talking about this topic and the point that he made in regards to this was um giovanni is italian their country has literally just re-elected a um to the fascist right? <laughs> and yeah. as far as i'm aware he has said no said nothing vocally about that, about that. so yeah, it's like well how are you about to tell the west that they need to focus on their own problems and evidence of colonialism when literally this is happening in broad daylight right in front of quickly, you giovanni you know? tell me why somalis yeah. eat spaghetti quickly quickly tell me mm. that quickly yeah <sighs> but yeah um thanks halima for joining me today despite being ill um, appreciate it and looking forward to next week big two-year celebration yeah oh my god our two-year celebration oh my god so exciting so mm-hmm. exciting mm-hmm. gonna play a bit more music now but make sure you stick around because we've got dj Hass joining us shortly um this track that i'm gonna play actually um Halim, i know that you really like this track and it's been picked up um and it's being used um, in a new bollywood film called an action hero um it's um the Nasha one. Jada Nasha. Oh Nasha, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, gonna give the new version of that a play now. And Ooh. yeah. Um stick around and we'll be back shortly. See ya. If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns and I'm joined by some very special guests. We have got Hass and Ellie in the studio with us. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing great. Good. Doing great, yeah. Nah. Thank you for having us. Nah, thank you for coming in, and it's nice to have some Manchester-based people on the 100%. show as well. Like it's been a while since we had people actually come in the studio live who are from Manchester. So really, I mean, there yeah. are loads of creatives coming up at the moment in mm. Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, loads of cool DJs coming up, um, especially around like the student areas. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we were just saying beforehand about how cool it is that. Um, we've got some mutual acquaintances that have been on the show or that we know of as well and it's nice like we've been going for nearly two years now and it's nice to have kind of met and seen people come up and like be a part of that south asian it's it's almost like an unspoken um collaborative it's growing growing and um more and more stuff is coming out um it's clearly a big big south asian wave at the moment mm-hmm. and um yeah it's gonna it's gonna be even bigger and bigger than that i mean that's kind of what nice. we were chatting about before um at the beginning of the event that we're trying to put on is that um mm-hmm. like we just want to bring the scene up more north as well 100 like, mm-hmm. nice so i've realized as well we haven't like obviously i've introduced you but do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourselves like what you're about that sort of thing uh yes yeah, so um my name is hassan but all my friends call me Hass and uh, my stage name is DJ Hass. Um, I've been DJing for like, uh, I'd say like two years now. However, like I've just recently like started like only this year to do like actual shows and stuff, um, especially with my collective uh, Anthro. Um, Without them, this wouldn't have been possible, I think. Um, And this 
platform which my collective gave me it was was really really important to me um, to show the people like the music I'm doing um, and to, to give a new sound mm-hmm. to the people nice and what about yourself Lily? Uh yeah I'm not a DJ myself I'm part of this uh, society at uni called gigs and bands and we just put on gigs for bands um, <laughs> but then but then like recently like about a month ago we were thinking about putting like a charity event on and I went to the World Transformed um, in September in Liverpool and um, Amar an organiser there put on an event with daytimers called Ravers for Food Banks so mm. I wanted to do like a similar thing here I literally used the name Ravers for Food Banks we did ask don't worry um, <laughs> and I heard Chande had also moved to Manchester so I reached out to him he was really supportive and then I messaged Hass who I'd met twice both at daytimers things both actually. at daytimers things yeah uh, once in London once in Manchester the first yeah. time was in London first time was in <laughs> London actually yeah so that's where first time met Ellie and um, I think that was really really important because yeah. we the experience we got from those daytimers uh, events in London uh, we are bringing that experience basically and what we learned from that to Manchester and this is the reason why we have for example created this event exactly and uh, a big thing for me like going back to the charity aspect for it was that obviously we're in a cost of living crisis um, students are really bearing the brunt of it but also students get blamed for a lot of um, a lot of issues in our local community and I think it's so important that we have a solidarity with our, our local community mm. so kind of being able to give back and like showing people that you know because basically the cost of entry into the club night is two kinds of food right so that can cost you one pound twenty a very small price to pay and i just wanted to show that you know like us collectively all coming together paying one pound twenty for two cans of chickpeas you can feed you know 200 people come we can feed 400 people it's a great course it's a great course and, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to show that and also kind of uplift our community and our music, the music that me and Hassan love and it, everyone else loves. I mean, I mean, you, you literally can't complain about the yeah. event. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's charity, it's South Asian culture, <laughs> it's, it's representation, yeah. it's great music, great people. Like. I, I'm having a really hard time imagining how someone could possibly complain about yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't complain yeah. about this. You've been surprised. Yeah. <laughs> no, Carlos, you've been surprised. Yeah. You've been surprised. Yeah. 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 <laughs> people who have been coming in between you know like doing some stuff here and there you know but we're not gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about the positivity and stuff yeah for sure so this event it's this thursday right um and what kind of music can we be expecting at it so um we got uh my collective anthro involved um and with anthro we got uh four djs including me um dj has and we got uh Tadawa uh, doing a back-to-back with DJ Sketch. Um, Tadawa himself is from Zimbabwe. Uh, DJ Sketch is uh, from Iran. So um, again, that POC representation there. And um, I was to- I was just I was just talking to DJ Sketch earlier. His actual name is Bobak. Shout out to him. Um, he actually drove me to uh, to his place. Actually, big up Bobak. <laughs> big, big, big up Bobak. <laughs> Without him, I would have been late here. Um, but anyway, so um, I was just talking to him, and he he has prepared uh, an incredible set. Uh, he said that he's going to also like include some Iranian music, for example. You know, um, and you know that's that sort of representation uh, we're going to bring to that event. Uh, my friend uh, Mai. Uh, I don't think I can say his full DJ <laughs> stage name because there's a there's a, there's, a, there's an it's F word in the team. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, and thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so he he's gonna uh, bring also some Asian sounds in his uh, mix, and um, 
he's also like very a big big fan of daytimers etc so shout out to him as well um and then there's me of course i'm gonna bring my own asian sound in this um i've got some really really cool music um some unreleased stuff uh, which i got received from uh producers from la um most importantly aku uh, who's, who's been giving me a lot of music lately thank you for that um, I've also got some new music from Kone Kone Music uh, from uh, India. Uh, they've also given me some unreleased stuff. So, I, and, and I really, really, I can't wait to play these these songs, this music in front of people. Some of it will be played for the first time in front of people. So, um, I, I just, I literally just can't wait on it anymore, honestly. And we've also got some special surprises that I've actually not announced officially on the social media yet. Um, okay. But I'm willing to do one of. Two of them, both of them? Yeah, but uh, there's there's one more important person okay. which, uh, which needs to be mentioned. Oh, of course. Chan, the DJ. Yeah, of <laughs> yeah the big, yeah. <laughs> the big true, headliner. True, yeah. The big, big headliner. And he's been so, so supportive, yeah. honestly. Yeah. No, it's nice. Like, um, we actually, like, it, w it was near the start, so it must be nearly two years ago we interviewed him, and he was a very nice individual. Two and years ago? Yeah, like like nearly two years. It was like beginning of twenty twenty one. Wow. Okay. So like, and it's yeah. that was like before he does so many room and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, and obviously he at that point daytimers was right because again I think daytimers has only been around for like two, three. Like mm. obviously daytimers yeah. a collective. Obviously we know where it comes from. That's been around for ages. I mean, I mean daytimers but, itself. Um, who was it? I think it was Rohan Rocket who told me this. Um, it was like an internet thing, like daytimers was like mm -hmm. a, a thing which was created in, through the internet, through people connecting um, s uh, it on the internet basically, mm -hmm. and then uh, that turned into something, yeah, great. Yeah. And it's nice as well because obviously it's, with the names well, it's an eminent of these um, past like South Asian daytime raves isn't it like that's what it's yeah. referring back to back when there were people um young adults who weren't necessarily able to go out partying or stay out late they would literally have these like raves in these like abandoned buildings like in the daytime is, hence the name that is some proper like uh asian culture you know like mm. there's some proper like underground stuff um which i have never experienced because i'm <laughs> I was born in 2000, so um, and the stuff you're talking about, the daytimers things, yeah. uh, like they happened way before like I was mm. born, you know. Yeah. Um, so, but we are bringing that back. I think we are we, we are the new generation basically, mm. and um, we are bringing back that new that that new sound combined with the old, you know, stuff from our from our from our country where we come from you know like yeah. pakistan india you know that sort of thing i mean this is the thing like going back to um, Chande, obviously like that was beginning of 2021 that we spoke to him at that time daytime is was fast rising but it was very much during 2021 i think mm. that properly took off but it's very and obviously they've been doing great stuff since um it's very interesting how to my knowledge obviously we've made reference to the origins of daytime these daytime raves since then and up until maybe a couple of years ago i'm curious as to why there was like a gap you know what i mean like i'm sure i mean i'm sure 
I mean, between like the original daytime rave so, so that, and like this now. You no, know, this, this is a really, really interesting question. I think because the South Asian underground scene has been out there for a very long time. You know, it's been out there since the nineties. You know, like mm-hmm. even before that. You know, um, and it was cool. It was cool. It was a cool thing. Talvin Singh brought out this album, nineteen ninety seven, uh, a compilation album called Sounds of the Asian Underground, which also inspired me, my mix, my SoundCloud mix, to call Sounds of the Asian Underground. Um, that was nineteen ninety you know um, that was uh, and, 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 and you would know like uh, everyone who knows a bit of history 2001 9-11 happened mm. Mm. and then suddenly it wasn't cool anymore to be brown you know uh, and, and it was it was difficult it was difficult for uh, brown people especially creators and artists uh, to um, to do like what they did before you know it was it just became harder like in the scene um, and then I think lately, uh, post-COVID, um, especially, like, it's, it's changing, it's changing. It's cool to be brown again. I don't know about that yet, but I think it, can, it is becoming cooler, definitely. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's definitely becoming yeah, cooler. there's a resurgence. Um, yeah. Of course, there's yeah, still issues still here and there. There's still, oh no, 100%, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. all about the positivity, Agreed. you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm all about the positives. We've got mm. more ground to work through, but hopefully... We'll 100%. <laughs> yeah, and obviously people like um, Young Sing having yeah. made that impact not just within the South Asian mm. um, community but beyond as well. I wanted to ask like, how important is that to you guys? Because obviously it's great that you like are doing this, and like it's obviously this playing South Asian music. It's great, and I'm sure there are plenty of South Asian people out there who enjoy it. But is there any desire on your part to expand to? appeal to a wider audience or are you happy with it as it is being a bit more like niche if that's the right word i mean we met young sing for the second time and um, that was the reason why we were both there and like i don't think it's a case of it being niche i think it's a case of like we'll bring it to the mainstream do you know what i mean 100 percent. yeah we bring it to the mainstream however like we need to know like just because you're asian doesn't mean you need to do asian music yeah. you know you can just be asian and do whatever you want to do you know like mm-hmm. that's that's it's i used to do drum and bass I still do the drum and bass as well. Like, I love drum and bass, you know. Uh, and 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 this, th- I start off DJing with drum and bass music, you know. And that has got very little to do with Asian culture and stuff. But that doesn't stop me. Just because like I'm brown doesn't mean that I only need to do brown mu- like brown stuff now. I love my brown stuff though, and I really want to put that out there. And I want to do more brown things as well. But I'm just saying to the like to anyone out there listening right now, just because like. You're, you're Asian doesn't mean you know like I've, I was talking to um, I was talking to Zalil uh, he's done he's done dialed in last summer as well and like he's, he's a sick DJ sick guy shout out to him and uh, he was telling me like stories about like people who are Asian and they did Asian music and then white promoters booked these Asian DJs and were like telling these Asian DJs oh if you're gonna get booked to our white event then you need to wear a sari for example oh. Mm. You know, the how, 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 yeah. bro, how? Like, obviously, it should be if someone wants to wear that, great, like, yeah. absolutely, but, yeah. like, forcing it on them. Forcing like, it, yeah. yeah. That, that, that is the issue, that is the main issue. However, um, for the 1st of uh, December, um, I really, really want to put the Asian music out there, and I want to show it to the wider audience, to the mainstream, and anyone is welcome. Anyone is welcome. Honestly, like I want anyone to come to this and experience 
the new South Asian sounds. Yeah, like something, another thing that's been really important in the lineup is the fact that, like, obviously, I mean, me and Hass are from different parts of the South Asian subcontinent, and, like, I think it's just that solidarity as well, like, 100%, between yeah. different South Asian cultures and communities. We, we got uh, people from India involved, people from the Punjab, people from Pakistan, me, oh, I'm, I'm Pakistani. Um, we got... Uh, I'm Tamil, yeah. Yeah, Elili, who's Tamil. So, um, we, we, we are all just, like, representing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as well there is a problem out there. I was having like a similar sort of conversation recently and people go on about like the Asian sound and like what that is yeah. when I think there's a tendency to need that to be um it, it can be like taking elements from Western music, but maybe then it has to have a sprinkle of something Asian on it. But the fact of the matter is, like you said, you can be Asian and be making music that is <clears throat> no relation to any Asian roots whatsoever. And that's fine. That's still an Asian sound because you yourself are Asian and you're making that music. Do you know what I mean? But you know what? Um, when it, Back to the example of drum and bass. Um, I I always thought that there would be no Asian drum and bass artists out there until I found um, Irie, for example. He's from Sri Lanka and uh, he's a DMB artist as well. Uh, and then there's also like other uh, other stuff like Nuflo, uh, Osmani sounds. Um, I've, sh- I've I've done I've done I've done shouts and I've played some of their music in my mix on SoundCloud as well. Um, so like there is there is always new music to discover. There's always even Asian sounds in like supposed Western genres um, where you can find Asian elements and Asian artists doing their best and literally delivering a, a crazy sound, you know, um, which needs to be honored and which needs to be like more. Uh, shown to the people you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely and not forced to wear a sari or whatever cool. just because like of the way you yeah. look like, yeah it, I mean it's it, like, it, again it sounds stupid when you say it but it's mm. just like clearly that's some, some, still happening some yeah some white promoters are expecting that sort of thing mm, yeah um, so for the people out there um, this event <clears throat> it's this Thursday the 1st of December 10 till 2 um, what's the um, location again Club so, Academy yeah. it's at the basement of the Students Union of the University of Manchester cool. and uh, we're trying to make it as accessible as possible so something I'm trying to do right now set up a quiet room um, make it so that like everyone on the Gabs committee that's Gigs and Bath Society <laughs> is going to wear like an armband and like a glow stick so that you know if you have any issues you can talk to them mm-hmm. um, throughout the event and like it will be good for people getting home safe as well um, just trying to make it as accessible f- as people as possible because like a lot of people don't drink and raving doesn't need to be just about drinking like you can I honestly think that the mix that Hass is going to play is going to be as intoxicating as you need you know what <laughs> I mean like uh, obviously drinking welcome but it's not necessary as well at the same time no. Yes. I think stuff like this as well is so good in terms of bringing um, South Asian communities together to mm-hmm. form a whole. Because <coughs> so obviously, like you said, um, you're Pakistani, you're Tamil, um, and um, there are so many other different communities within south asia um some of which have a tendency not to get on with one another but mm-hmm. with stuff like this it's very much like come on let's just come together we enjoy are, we it we are like. bringing everyone together like. and like yeah. that's something that's really special for me as well because like um i mean 
the other project that I wanted to do was just the symbolic aspect of it. So, like, one of the surprises is that we're getting some people from the Indian Dance Society at our uni to get involved. Crazy. And, um, crazy. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to them, honestly. And, like, something that I asked for them to do is maybe even bring them some Bharatanatyam influences into their dance because, like, you know, Bharatanatyam was actually outlawed in the time of the British Empire. So to get a university, get them dancing in a, in a club um, for the first ever, like, South Asian music-themed event in the history of this uni. Is, um, it, is it actually? The first we think one. it might be, yeah. We, oh. we have uh, we, I we think, think I think I uh, think it might be like uh, it's the first. It's uh, if if not the first, it will. It's definitely the biggest. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest. And 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 I, I think honestly, like looking at the history of the of of, of the of the university and generally of the music scene and etc. I'm, I, I can imagine this would be the first one in the history of the SU. And to have them dancing a dance that was illegal for Tamil people, and for, I mean, for generally for people, for South Asians to dance in, in, in the times of the British Empire. I mean, Brother Nautium, I did Brother Nautium for 10 years, and it's on the same level of importance to our culture as yoga, and yoga has basically just been taken by white people and marketized, right? Mm. Um, and it was illegal too. They were both illegal things. To get them doing that dance in this historic event, yeah, and also to get the other surprise announcement is um, we're getting the house mother of House of Spice to come and crazy, do some crazy. Oh, what lucky race! Yeah, and like yeah. they, I mean, drag and 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 trans issues and queer issues in the subcontinent. They're also because of the British that it, it became so difficult for for queer people to exist in in, in that area. You know, with, with this event, basically, we are reaching out to different parts of the South Asian society. Uh, we are not only reaching out like to students. We are reaching out to the LGBTQ community. We are reaching out to like uh, the dance society, for example. We are reaching out to other societies. The Afghan society has been supportive. The um, Pakistani society has been supportive. The British Asian society has been very supportive. Shout out to all of them. Thank you so much for your, for your support, guys. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Mango Masala Radio. No, mm -hmm. Thank you. No, like honestly. The past, I think, especially the last five minutes of you talking about this event, <laughs> like this, literally, it sounds like it's going to be really good. So definitely, that's the like, other thing that we wanted to chat about, like just how incredibly nice so many student creatives and collaborators have been. Honestly, like just just reaching out to people, like and and seeing the support from so many different parts of the society literally uh, gigs and bands Manchester of course um, and then all the other um, societies I just men mentioned recently as, uh, earlier I mean uh, so uh, uh, yeah, honestly, thank you to thank you to everyone. Thank you to I've I've been getting like messages from people as mm. well, like um, asking me about the event, etc. Like mm. honestly, thank you so much, and I really I'm really really looking forward to seeing all of you guys on the first December. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure, and as always, it's gone way too fast. Um, but. Um, if people want to keep up to date with I've Review or the stuff you're involved in, do you have any socials that you want to give a shout out for people? Um, so there's, uh, of course, my collective, uh, Anthro, Anthro, A-N-T-H-R-O dot M-C-R is the Instagram tag. Then there's me, of course, uh, Hassan Q, H-A-S-A-A. N. Yeah, lots of people are very surprised about that. <laughs> Actually, my my name is written H H A S double A N uh, Q U. That's my Instagram tag. Mm -hmm. And then and then uh, gigs and bands MCR, um, which is just at gigs and bands MCR. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure, and like I said, um, we'd love to have you back on to do an actual live mix if you're interested in the new year. Hundred percent. Uh, um, I'm. I, yeah, I can't wait for that. 
Nice. Well, thank you so much to everyone else that has been tuned in for the past two hours. This has been Mango Masala, the South Asian show. Going to finish with Running Away by Kanda, and we'll be back for our two-year anniversary next week. See you then.